listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host in Tanner File. Tanner, I know what happened over the weekend. I'm not going to beat up on you too bad. How are you doing? It's good to be here with you. Uh, not too great. Uh, playoff losses are hard, so but we're moving on, and we're going to get through it. Hey, if anyone understands how you feel, it's a Dallas Cowboy fan, okay? We, you know, I can relate to you on many levels, but you're not getting, getting off with it too easy. We got to start the show with upset weekend, as I'm calling it. Tampa Bay losing to the Rams. Green Bay losing to the Niners. Tennessee obviously dropping one to the Bengals. And then that epic showdown that we saw on Sunday night uh, between the Bills and the Chiefs. And then to wrap up the first half of the show, the breaking news coming out on Tuesday, not too many people. People, I think, saw this coming. Sean Payton stepping down as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Tanner and I, a little bit of speculation as far as what could come next and a little bit of an update on the rest of the openings as far as head coach openings in the NFL. Then in the second half of the show, Tanner, four teams, only four teams left, man. Yeah, I thought maybe one of our teams would be one of these four teams, but unfortunately, not the case. We have the Rams and the 49ers in the NFC and then a great quarterback matchup in the AFC between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. So me and Kate are going to give our predictions on what we think is going to happen in that game. And then to end the show, we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star game. The NBA season is about halfway through. Mm -hmm. So the NBA All-Star starting lineups are about to be announced. So me and Kate are going to give who we think should be the starters in each conference. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that those are going to get announced around Thursday, Friday, right? So coming up here soon, we're going to beat them to the punch and release who we think should be in those starting lineups in both conferences. But let's start with what we just got done watching. The divisional round did not disappoint. Tanner, let me know if you agree. That was some of the best, you know, some of the best stretches of football I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I would (laughs) agree. I saw a lot of people saying it was the best uh, round of the playoffs ever. And I was trying to think about it. It might be. Does anything compare? Like, can you think of anything that match? I, I honestly, I, I, I really can't. You know, all four games come down to the final play, and three out of the four games were upsets. Yeah. You know? It was crazy. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I was on the wrong side of one of those upsets. I was about to say, obviously, let's start with the big one. Okay, let's let's rip the band-aid right off for you. Tampa Bay fell to the Rams 30 to 27. They nearly pulled off the comeback though. They were down 27 to 3. Obviously ended up losing 30 to 27 like I said. Uh, that Cooper Cup Stafford 44-yard bomb to set up that field goal. Uh let, let's start with you the Tanner. the floor is yours. How are you feeling? What are your takeaways? What happened? What happened on Sunday? A uh, feeling 
I would say bad in a word. <laughs> the game was so ugly in the first half. We just let it get away the get let it get away from us like we did yeah. the first time we played them. We got away from the running game early. We went super pass heavy, and without Chris Godwin and without Antonio Brown, it's hard to be as pass heavy. And whenever you don't have your all pro right tackle playing, mm-hmm. and the against a Hall of Famer and Von Miller, he just yeah. our backup right tackle just got destroyed. It was. He was like he was like limping for part of the game. Not even yeah. using one of his. You know, like that <sighs> tough break. Yeah, it tough was. Break. It was tough. We I, the injury bug got us at the end of the year, and the Rams are a good team. They spent their last like seven first round picks to make a good <laughs> team. Yeah. So not cheap. <laughs> not a cheap roster they got going on now. You know, uh, but. The line, like you said, def- they definitely struggled to protect Brady. Uh, some of the most pressure, I would say, since he's been a Buck, I think he faced some of the most pressure he's he's faced as a Buccaneer. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would probably say it was the game. I don't know if it statistically was, but it seemed like the most pressure he had been on under every throw. I just feel like he had two seconds. He was sacked Fondos. three times. Sacked yeah, three times was, as well. It was ugly. In the secondary, as far as the defense goes, it feels like the Rams were moving the ball, especially in the first half, with ease. Doing yeah. almost whatever they wanted, you know? Yeah, we weren't getting any pressure on the other side. That was also part of the problem. Mm-hmm. We didn't get any pressure in the first half, and we were just getting diced up, picked apart by Matthew Stafford. Dude, <laughs> Matthew Stafford. How about him out? No, he outplayed Tom Brady in that matchup, not to sugarcoat yeah. it. Yeah. He, he was the better quarterback on the field also. I, you could say he had more time for sure, better and healthier weapons for sure, uh, but he had more yards. Well, Tom Brady didn't play bad. No, not to say he played terrible, but more yards, more touchdowns, better QBR, better pass rating, and no interceptions for Matthew Stafford. That equals a win. That's going to equal yeah. a win there, you know? Yeah, I really didn't think the defense for the Bucks looked that bad. It was just we were put in bad spots all game. They forced four turnovers. Yeah, yeah, they were they were letting go with it. The Rams and trying, you know, letting you get back into the game almost. Yeah, we, like we should have never those. been in this game. We were down twenty-seven to three, and then we fight ourselves all the way back to twenty-seven, twenty-seven. High game. The grace of God by getting <laughs> yeah. four different four turnovers and having a missed kick and all yeah, sorts dude. of things. So, and then go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And then they get the ball back. They get the completion of Cooper Cup for about 15, 16 yards. Yeah. Matthew Stafford drops back. And I just see, I'm watching, and just in front of my eyes, it's like slow motion. I see way too many guys running at the quarterback. I'm like, what are we doing? There's 34 seconds left in this game. Why they can't we, get in field goal range, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, don't like, let them get in field goal range. Why are we sitting in the house? And then they left the most productive wide receiver in the league this year, the triple crown receiving receiver this year, one-on-one with a safety. It's He played – he had a great game. Cooper yeah. had a great game. Nine catches, 183 yards, a touchdown. Obviously, the play of the game to set up that field goal. And uh, just going, having him go one on one with a safety there, but, uh, I just hate it. You got a question? Whenever, that, whenever the kicker had already missed a forty-seven yarder short, 
if you can just play prevent, you get two more 15-yard gains, and then they're coming out to kick a 50-yarder. Exactly. And then who knows it if just, he's going to knock that down. Maybe yeah. you go to overtime, and it's a coin flip. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's tough, man. That was It was a tough break. Uh, I was like, Cooper played great. Matthew Stafford got his second playoff victory, you know, in, in his career back to back, obviously. Right. So great for the Rams. We know how much they put into this season trading for Von Miller and you know, obviously picking up OBJ, uh, all, all the very you know, first round picks like, uh, to get Stafford, obviously. Right. So they have put a lot of effort and in, in such into this roster. And I am glad to see it, you know, to start paying off in the postseason. But I got to ask you this question. I feel like after after that loss, you have a what a forty five year old quarterback. Is Tom forty five? Forty four year old quarterback. Somewhat in August. Okay, somewhat questioning his future. You got a lot of free agents. Or a lot of you know could be free agents coming up. What's next for Tom in Tampa Bay? You know what's what's next for this team? Well, as a fan, I'm hoping Tom Brady comes back. When you read the reports that everyone has been putting out about what he said on his podcast and yeah. all that, the quotes are taken a little bit out of context. I do think he's just undecided right now. People are acting like he's for sure retiring. I think he's just honest. He's just not exactly sure. I think he is going to come back, but he's not a hundred percent sure. So he what's just your, doesn't want to. Uh... Doesn't want to commit. What's it. your confidence level on that percentage-wise? He comes back. What's the percent looking at for you? Like 80% probably. Oh, so you're pretty confident that he's coming back. Like you don't yeah. have too much of a doubt then. Okay. Yeah, because I think they're going to gear up for one more run. I think that's what it looks like because they have an okay amount of cap room. They're like 15th or 16th in the league. Middle. middle and pack. they do have a lot of free agents, but you can kind of – Work the way, work the money around. Uh, our money guy, his name is Mike Greenberg for the Bucks. He, oh, Mike, is, he's <laughs> a genius when it comes to structuring these contracts. He's a, like a cap wizard. So, if he can work his magic like he did last year, which I think we do have a chance, I think we can bring back most of these guys and make another run at it if we can just make a few minor adjustments and not be so injured. I think we have just a good chance to win next year and take one more shot and then right. Tom Brady also kind of gets a farewell to her at that point right and I, I think, think Bruce he Arians would retire that. after that and yeah it would just yeah. be like a whole new regime coming in Brady definitely deserves that you know that last farewell tour and he definitely deserves one last shot you know with, with the with the, the best roster possible which we know wasn't the case this year you know, that, that simply wasn't the case. Bad timing. Injuries came at the wrong time. Antonio Brown leaving the team, obviously. Chris Godwin tearing the ACL. Could, couldn't have planned that come, coming into the postseason. You're, you're obviously what you said, your right tackle going out, right? So that was not planned. And if you guys did have, if Tampa did have all those players on the field, I it's safe to say they probably move on to that next round. And we're talking about them in the second half of the show, them facing off against the Niners or, or, or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah, but it's ifs and buts. So exactly. Really, no, exactly. Like, like injuries exactly. are part of the game. So 
And, and like I said, next year, if you bring back Tom Brady, I think it's pretty safe to see that most of the guys would sign off and at least a, a one-year return, one more crack at it with the GOAT on his farewell tour. I think I think you would get a, a decent amount of people to come back and you know maybe sign for a little bit lesser than, than uh, if he doesn't come back in, in comparison, right? So it's not the sky is falling, uh, but it's also not ideal <laughs> at this point in time, obviously, right? So uh, not bad. Definitely have a chance next year, but th- it all kind of hinges on the shoulders of Tom Brady. Correct? Yeah, if Tom Brady doesn't come back, we are screwed. Mediocracy once again. Yep. Hey, yep. hey, who's going to be a free agent, though? Your man. Jameis Winston, <laughs> come back, come back to you know, that's an option. Uh, disappointing though, definitely both of us thought Tampa was going to get the win, but just watching the game, I, I, I at least knew, I, th- I thought it was over, you know, at halftime. Rams, yeah, it looked uh, over so many times. There were so many opportunities, like the Bucks, you know, they go for it, they, they don't get it. Uh, and then it's like, okay, it's over, it's 27 to three. Then the, the turnovers by LA. Uh, scoring late in the game, obviously. Be honest with me. You thought Tom Brady pulled it off once more, and you I were going to move on. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. You I mean, thought he tied it up 27-27, <laughs> and then I just got my heart ripped out. Yeah, like, dude. He like, I think Matthew Stafford said something about snatching souls oh, after, he, it, and like that literally. Talk about you. Mine. Yeah, it's not about me. Like Tanner file. Give it. Give it here. That thing's mine. It's tough, though. Um, you thought he had it. Didn't quite. Props to the Rams. As you said, they, they invested a lot into this roster. Glad to see it paying off, at least, or going to the NFC title game. But, Tanner, that was not the only upset to happen this week. And let's move on and talk about the other big one in the NFC. Not just, you know, also in the NFC, both upsets you know, in both of those games. Green Bay, San Fran. Niners obviously won 13-10. Packers scored a touchdown on their opening drive. Right, opening drive, they go down, score a touchdown, three points. The rest of the game, the yeah. rest of the game, three points. I don't know. Someone they said they didn't believe in this. Pa- I, know, I know I picked them to win, so I'm not going to act like I picked them to lose. And I'm, you know, I, I was right. I was right. But when we played contender, pretender, one of us called them a pretender, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm feeling pretty good. This this Packer team, as I've been kind of saying pretty much all season long is the exact same as years prior. You know, a really good regular season team and then come up short in the playoffs, obviously, right? This is the exact same team as, as we saw years prior, despite having home field advantage, you know? Yeah, as two guys that don't exactly find ourselves rooting for the Packers. No, no. Pretty nice to see them lose at home in for the third straight year. I, be, I, don't yeah, I was re- happy. I was cool. Year, since the year like 1986 uh, or something like that, oh or God. 1990, the Packers lead the league in home playoff losses. No way. People always talk about not wanting to go to Lambo. You don't want to go play in Lambo. No. Well, maybe you do. I was going to say, maybe, yeah, it's, it's quite the opposite there, right? Uh, the last dance, obviously, coming into the season, Aaron and Devontae Adams, you know, posting the picture of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen saying it's their last dance in Green Bay. Well, 
Aaron, yours didn't exactly end the same way Michael Jordan and, and, and Scottie Pippins did on their actual last dance, obviously, right? But that also kind of brings the question for this packing. We were talking about it for Tom and, and the uh, Buccaneers. I think it's kind of the same thing, same topic, uh, even more so, though. I would say I, I have a higher percentage of Aaron leaving in comparison to Tom leaving. Both guys also could end up retiring. <laughs> Who's to say Aaron Rodgers won't just walk away from the game of football? I think, I think that would be. Oh, that would be nuts. <laughs> Imagine if the two best quarterbacks the past decade both left at the exact same time. Poor Big Ben would get so overshadowed. <laughs> yeah, no one's even talking about Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but those three, though, those are th- three of the biggest you know, staples in the league the last several multiple decades. I go back, you know, but going back 15, plus, you know, 15 years or so. Right. But do you think I'm going to ask you this? Do you think it was Aaron's last game as a Packer? I do. Yes. I, I agree. I think he's pretty much done. And did you did you get a chance to listen to his post game, his post game interview? Yeah, whenever he said something about it, we got a lot of guys that aren't guaranteed next year. Yeah, and things are definitely going to be looking different in Green Bay. It didn't even say like with us. Uh, yeah, in Green Bay. And then he's also pointing out his special teams. You know, calling out the coaches, and they didn't do a very good job in the game. And it's just me. All those bridges are burnt. You know, it, it is burnt. There's no way to go back, I feel like, so, you know, at this point. You just know? to sprinkle on a little bit more Aaron Rodgers hate. He got the ball with four minutes left. Yeah. Game. And he couldn't do what Patrick Mahomes did in 13 seconds. So. Facts. That's 100% true. He had a chance I, to do what he's done to my team so many times and then he can't do it against the oh, it's so disappointing he only was a show 13 seconds and he couldn't I know. do it in four minutes yeah it was crazy right. uh he had a big opportunity to go out there and take the lead in that game uh honestly what's like i said seven points in the first quarter than three in the in the remaining three seven points in the first drive and the in the first drive just watching the, the game for an offensive touchdown and they beat you Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, exactly. He got beat by Jimmy Garoppolo again. Again. And I saw Aaron Rodgers is now 0-4 against San Francisco in the postseason in his career. The team that he said would regret not drafting him. You know, they're going to regret not drafting me more than I wish I went there. I don't know, Aaron, because they're going on to another NFC title game and you're sitting at home on your couch. You're on the Pat McAfee show and, and, he, and he's going you know, to the NFC title game. So... It's tough. It's tough. But again, I think we did see the last uh, the, the last of Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform. But it kind of brings the question now, where could he go? You know, what are the teams to watch? I There are a few pop up, pop up in my mind. Uh, Pittsburgh comes to mind. Obviously, that defense, you, the, the defensive player of the year in TJ Watt, obviously already a solid foundation set in place offensively. Some work to be put in on the on the offensive the line. Besides Watt and Cam I think it's capable. It is definitely a capable defense. Obviously, you have a guy in Mike Tomlin, a Hall of Fame coach, a guy I definitely would buy into as my head coach as well. You have a stud young uh, running back. You have a nice receiving core. I think Pittsburgh does make a lot of sense. I think it does. No line. Defense isn't great. I don't know. 
I think it's okay. It's not terrible. It's not a bad defense by any means. It's about the same defense he's been playing with. Maybe not this season. I like the most this time. Steelers. Broncos are out there. Um, I like. Let me let me pitch this idea to you. Cleveland. Oh, I mean, obviously, Cleveland fits perfectly, man. You got the offensive line. You got two stud running backs. You got the defense. Right away, that team is ready to win with Aaron Rodgers. Right away. So, but the question is, are they going to move off a guy in Baker Mayfield who I am obviously not a fan of whatsoever? I've been on on record saying I don't even know if he's going to be a starting quarterback or in the league in five years from now. So maybe I'm a little uh, lower on him than most people, but I, 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 I bite the bullet and I move off of him because also it seems like most of the fan base, most of the people in that locker room, I don't see a lot of faith in their quarterback. You know, I hear a lot of talk regarding you know, from, from outside chatter, and I don't hear a lot of people standing up saying, hey, that's my quarterback, you know, <laughs> defending him. So I don't. I honestly don't think it would be that big of the, big a deal in the locker room if they end up moving on. And uh, what, what a roster for Aaron Rodgers to step right into. You have a, a phenomenal run game, all the protection in the world, a defense to go hold, you know, hold teams to 15. That... <laughs> That's that that is the team for me for him to go to. You could pick up Denver. Uh, I think Indy people were throwing out Indy because Carson wins. You never know what's going on there, right? But I'm watching Cleveland there for sure. I wouldn't like to go to Green Bay to Cleveland, but roster wise, that's the place I would go to. Obviously, you know. So yeah, I, I think Cleveland definitely makes the most sense if it's an option. If it's an option, obviously it, it only works if the Browns are willing to deal a guy in Baker. That's what, and he just had a, sh- a shoulder surgery coming off of, you know, a not, not a good season whatsoever. I think now is the time to move off him. If, if you're going to, when you have all the quarterbacks that could be available, you know, you have him, uh, Russell Wilson could very well find himself being available to Sean Watson, you know, so there are a lot of guys out there and, I, I would go out there. I, I have a Super Bowl caliber roster, but not a guy under center who I think is capable of getting it done. So that's what I would do. I'm Cleveland. Hey, if you're listening to fancy, go ahead and make that call. You know, pull, pull the trigger on that. Uh, but lastly, right, the uh, last upset before we talk about the Bills and Chiefs, the last upset was uh, AFC, the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, obviously, dropping uh, to, to the uh, Joe Burrow and company Bengals 19 to 16. Despite Joe Burrow being sacked nine times, sacked nine times, and he still throws for about 350 yards, <laughs> right? So I, I didn't exactly see nine sacks coming. If you would have told me he got sacked nine times, I would have said, yeah, they're probably going to lose that game. And but the Derek, Derrick Henry, he wasn't himself, it seemed like. He just was, didn't have that same energy that same burst his longest run was only for nine yards he had 20 carries for 62 yards that's that's why i ended up picking cincy in this matchup obviously right but what a story what a story for the Bengals to get this far when a lot of people didn't even see them making the playoffs at the start of the season yeah i neither one of us definitely predicted the Bengals to make playoffs and here they find the afc championship and i think that just speaks to how good Joe Burrow is and the way he's just a winner. Like he, he's changed the whole culture kind of yeah. by coming in there. They thought they had a chance and anyone's, if you have a caliber quarterback like that, other guys want to play. 
punter. And that's just right. how it seems with the Bengals. And I feel like they have not a terrible shot this week. It's not terrible, but I give them a fighter's chance. You know, like they, they got a fighter's chance. But am I thinking, am I picking them? I picked them in the last two rounds. I picked them to beat the Raiders. I picked I'm them to beat the Raiders. I know you have. I, 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 but my point is, I picked them the two rounds. I'm not. I'm probably not going to. I know it's tough. I'm not saying they're the favorite to win this game, though, going into it. I'm not, you know. So it's going to be a tough matchup. If anyone can do it, it's the red hot Joe Burrow in that offense. Uh, I didn't love what I saw. No, no, no touchdowns, obviously. All, you know, mostly all, you know, there was one touchdown that was scored. Uh, I think that was by Mixon. But besides that, all field goals. It's going to be tough to beat Kansas City on field goals. We'll get to that in the second half of the show, though. But uh, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, one touchdown, three interceptions. What do you think about Tennessee here? Do you think it's just a, you know a foregone conclusion? They keep a guy in Tannehill there. Do you think? I know, I know. There's a ceiling with Ryan Tannehill as long, yeah. as, long as Derrick Henry isn't you know isn't himself. There's definitely a ceiling there, ceiling there with that guy. So. What do you think Tennessee might want to do with all all the you know there might be a decent amount of options as far as quarterbacks go in the offseason? Do they throw their hat in the ring? Do they kind of keep doing what they're doing? I mean, I'm sure they're making calls, but I I would imagine that Ryan Tannehill's their starting quarterback next year. Their I, defense played super well, yeah. you know. So yeah. like there are so there are good uh, parts to this team. It's just ceiling right there at that quarterback spot obviously you know your best player isn't 100 hard to win with that going on you know you held cincinnati to, to just one touchdown and and you had nine sacks and you only score 16 points you know, you, you can't score more uh than, than 19 there right so it's disappointing to see the one of the few bright spots though is the is the way they were able to turn around that defense this season because it is legitimate at this point in time yeah for sure you know it's, it's been yeah, super they, impressive yeah, yeah, they've been playing super well. I love watching their secondary. Lastly, okay, so that was that was the last upset. Three out of the four games were upsets. And then Sunday night, what could have been the best game as far as football goes that I maybe have ever seen. Okay, going back and forth. Game of the year. Yeah, definitely game of the year. I think I think we said that a couple weeks ago about like the Bengals, not the Bengals, the uh, Chargers and the Raiders. I think we said that about that, but this definitely <laughs> takes the cake over that one. You're a Buffalo guy. You know, you, you live in Buffalo, obviously. What's the vibe like in the city after a heartbreaking loss? Because like 13 seconds left, Josh Allen makes the play, and you that, that's that's still too much time for Patrick Mahomes. So what's going on in Buffalo? Uh, people are really, really sad for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was heartbreaking. It was just one of the saddest losses ever, I feel like, here. They let up the touchdown to Tyree Kill with Tyree Kill with a minute 54 left. Right. Or, I th- yeah, I think it was a minute 54. They get the ball. They march down. They score with 13 seconds left. They take off pretty much the whole clock. You know, yeah. they, they waste the whole clock pretty much. And you think the Bills just did it. They're going to the AFC Championship again. They're going to be favored against the Bengals. They have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And, and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. And 13 seconds, too much time for Patrick Mahomes. You have two all-pro safeties 
you have this the number one defense in the league all year statistically, and you can't stop them for in 13 seconds? They're, they were letting up way too many yards there. They, they were simply playing way too far back, and it's like, guys, they simply they don't need a touchdown. All they need is a field goal. All they need is to get to the 40-yard line, 45-yard, and, and then they have a shot you know, to tie this thing up, obviously. I did not like the, the uh, defensive execution there by Buffalo whatsoever. Yeah, yeah I thought it was terrible. It was, you know, terrible. So I also didn't like half of the offensive play calling. A lot of the play calling for Buffalo, I had serious doubts on, like serious doubts. But can we just talk about how good Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were in this game? Man. Highlight like that was yeah, like some of the most fun so Yeah, those are the two best quarterbacks. Four touchdowns. What you say? I can't believe Gabriel Davis caught four touchdowns. He's so, the first ever to catch four touchdowns in a playoff game. So those were I think our Allen threw four touchdowns. So yeah. all four went to. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is absolutely crazy. Not what I would have He's predicted going to the game. Playoff games ever. And then he had eight receptions for like two hundred and one yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, it was crazy. And Allen himself with his leg, you saw how many yeah. plays he extended he getting hurting, out of the He was hurting defensive players by running them over. How often do you see that from a quarterback? Those are the two best quarterbacks in football. I'm sorry. I, I think they're the two best quarterbacks in football. Seeing the high level that they played at. They're the, the, the best two quarterbacks in the AFC. Definitely the best two quarterbacks in the AFC. And they're the best two young quarterbacks. Definitely. And we'll see, right? Who knows what's going on with Tom? Who knows yeah. what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, if... Yeah, yeah, they're up there. It's it's those four, I think, are in their own tier. Yeah, those are the four best quarterbacks in football. Then it kind of just depends. Do you like Joe Burrow? Do you like Justin Herbert? Do you like Lamar Jackson? Kind of comes down to, to kind of who's your... No, do you like Matthew Stafford that much with how great he's been playing the last several games? Right? So it kind of depends on what your personal preference is there. Uh, but that was it, man. It was a phenomenal uh, weekend, a super entertaining and exciting weekend of football. But let's get to the breaking news that happened on Tuesday before we take a break and get to the uh, conference championship in the second half of the show. Sean Payton, Saints head coach, Sean Payton is stepping down after 16 years with the organization. Obviously won a Super Bowl with Drew Brees back in 09. Uh, career record of 152 and 89. So guy is definitely a winner. But the rumor is, or what he kind of came out and said, is that just, just kind of burnt out. You know, after several consecutive COVID seasons, all the things that go into there, all the injuries that the team is that the team has uh, had, it's tough. Dude, dude was playing with Trevor Simeon and Ian Book. I think I would be really stressed out with those two guys at, at, at my quarterback spot consistently as well. You know, yeah. And Sean Payton did say that he is for sure not coaching. This year, like this upcoming season, 2022, he will not be a head coach, but he did not. He said retirement. I have the quote retirement isn't the right word. Hmm. Come back. Come back's open. There's definitely he's done coaching, but I think he's not going to coach in 2022. 
No, he's done this year, rightfully so. Take a year off. Maybe he said he has interest in going into broadcasting or being an analyst, doing doing some TV stuff like that. I think he would be, you know, pretty good on TV. You, you never quite know until you know you're on air and stuff like that, obviously, right? But I think he could have, a, you know, a decent opportunity there if any network uh, wants him. I think any network would be happy to take him in, more than likely. But there is a lot of speculation. Again, obviously not this year because he's not going to coach in 2022. A lot of speculation, Tanner, though, regarding my Dallas Cowboys being a top spot if he does end up returning to the game. And I can tell you right now, I'll, I'll wait a year for Sean Payton. I will wait a year. I'll wait two years. <laughs> I don't really care. I'll yeah, wait I mean, for a coach like that. Forever that Sean Payton wants to go to Dallas. That's been a rumor for ever since he left. Yeah. <laughs> ever since he left, people say he wants to come back, obviously. And, and Jerry Jones has been vocal regarding the, the the few coaches he would, you know, scrap and 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 you know clear the house for, and that's Sean Payton and Bill Belichick. Okay, those are the two guys he said he would do anything to get. And now one of them might be available within a year or so. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, awesome. it's, so yeah, I have a plan. I don't that level of coach, but He's not a Bill Belichick. I don't, I don't I'm say what Jerry Jones has come out and said. Those are the two coaches. You know, no matter what, he he would be okay with bringing them in. Um, maybe not not I think quite on the same level. Coach then, Sean Payton. Yes, but as far as what Dallas would need, an offensive minded guy, I think Sean would fit the role super well. I have a bit of a plan too. Let me let me know what you think about this. I have a bit of a plan if Dallas does want to go uh, and get get a uh, Sean Payton. Obviously, so you want to let McCarthy because McCarthy more than likely isn't going anywhere this season for Dallas. More than likely, there's not a overwhelming favorite out there to replace him with right away either, right? So probably not gonna uh, be be leaving the Dallas Cowboys. Will be Mike McCarthy. So the way to do it since since this year, last year, neither one of us knew even what his role was on the roster. Neither one of us can tell, you know, tell, tell the audience what he actually does for the team. It's not getting ready to play. They had a career high or a franchise record or even an NFL record, 14 penalties in the first round of the playoffs, obviously. Right. So what you want to do is give him a larger responsibility in the offense, give him a larger role. We saw Kellen Moore, you know, take, take control of the offense and where that, where that got Dallas out in the first round of the playoffs, obviously, only scoring 17 points against San Francisco. So I, I would honestly give Mike uh, more responsibility, maybe let him take control of the play calling. Uh, so, like I said, since we don't know what he does, give him clear responsibility, a, a clear role so we know what he what he's doing. If he succeeds, great. Great. You found your new play caller. Mike has found his role in the team. And if he doesn't, if it doesn't work out, you have a clear reason to move on a clear reason to move on. And I've been saying this Dak needs an offensive minded coach, an offensive coordinator that can elevate his game. And I don't think Kellen Moore is that guy. I'm not sure if Mike McCarthy is that guy. Cause he isn't the play caller. I think, I think Sean Payton would be the ideal coach for this Dallas Cowboy group. And I think as far as the teams he would want to go to, I think Dallas should be at the top of his list right now, honestly. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's always been rumored that he wants to go back to Dallas. So, I, yeah, I mean, and I don't think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I don't Definitely think. Definitely not. <laughs> I don't Definitely think not. Like this elite level coach 
anymore, but he's still better than Mike McCarthy. He's definitely better than Mike McCarthy. Uh, more of a grown-up in the room, more disciplined, is going to have his team more ready to play on Sunday in comparison, like I said, to Lucy Goosey, Mike McCarthy there. And anything is an upgrade over Kellen Moore as far as the offensive play calling. Uh, so why not hand the keys to a guy in Mike McCarthy who has more experience calling plays and what he usually does, at least in, in his past as a head coach, he took control of the offense, had did have some success doing that. As the best offense statistically in football this season was the Dallas Cowboys. I think it makes a lot of sense. Give give him a clear role. Then if he doesn't work out, you have a clear reason to move on from him. But again, uh, not going to be coaching this year with Sean Payton. Going to have to wait until at least next season. And then they're going to have to trade for him or compensate or something like that to get him on the roster. But Yeah, but... Can we just talk about the terrible situation real quick that Sean Payton left the Saints in? Oh my gosh. So where did they go from here? Like so they're seventy-four million dollars over the cap. Yeah. And that's most without, in the league, right? Most in the league. By far. Yeah. Like almost double. Oh my gosh. The next closest team. So they're seventy-four million dollars over the cap. They don't have a quarterback signed for next year, besides Taysom Hill. Oof. Oof. And they don't have a head coach. And your so best, you're gonna have to, uh, you're Michael gonna, Thomas, not going to be there. Yeah, I'm sure Michael Thomas is gone. And I'm sure other guys that are older on your team are going to be moving on. Like This is going to be a goal. probably not a very good roster. A complete rebuild. Yeah, for sure. And you don't have a top pick to go get, to go get a quarterback, yeah, to go get a stud. Like have a top five pick to go get some crazy good quarterback. You are kind of screwed at least for next year. Definitely. Definitely. And you cannot blame Sean from wanting to move on. It feels like he did all that he possibly could for this team, for this organization, simply time for him to move on. And as I said, retirement, he said is not the right word. I think he simply wants kind of a way out and he really doesn't want to coach them anymore. So saying, I'm stepping down, going to take a year off, evaluate the league. And then I, I think he's got something up his sleeve. I definitely I, think something's up there. He's got an idea. He's talked to somebody uh, because you don't just go and leave, you know, a place you've been for 16 years where you're the face of the franchise, especially with Drew being gone. You're the face of the new Orleans saints Something's going to be happening within the next year or so. But I, I think more than likely, the next spot that we see him on, probably going to be on TV or something like that, right? Which I'd be okay with. Bit of a personality. He's a smart guy. I don't really like Sean Payton, but... Of right. course you don't like Sean Payton. You're a Buccaneer guy seeing him twice a year. He beat you with... what? Did he beat you with Simeon and Book this year? Annie and Book? No, he beat him with Speedus with Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. Okay, so it was, it was Taysom and Simeon there. Either way, I, I can understand why you don't like him. As a Dallas Cowboy fan, I he, you know was in Dallas a while ago. We would welcome him back with open arms. Okay, come to Dallas. Makes a lot of sense. That's my plan, though. That's what I think Dallas should do. McCarthy calls the plays for one year. Works out great. If not, you move on. And you have a guy, hopefully, in Sean Payton, who's ready to come in elevate that offense to hopefully a whole nother level, right? But now, Tanner, nine teams. The Saints are now the ninth team in the NFL 
uh, looking for their head coach. Can you remember so many teams on best situation? What they're at the bottom? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, they're definitely the worst team out there as far as looking for a head coach. Yeah, because no quarterback, no real offense. The the defense is good. Nothing, not to knock on the defense. They have a capable older though. All like moved on. Yeah, they're older, and they're a lot of them are free agents, but they're gonna lose. Tough man, it's tough. It's it, it's it's there's not a route to take right away for New Orleans that you know that equates to them getting better. It's gonna be scrapping, you know, of some years maybe. You know, you're, you're getting a nice draft pick. Uh, it's gonna take some time to rebuild this, you know, especially with the lack of cap that they have. Right, he's at seventy five million over the cap there, but tough to see. Uh, props to Sean Payton moving on. I think it is the right decision for him, a smart decision. We'll see within the next year or so uh, what Sean ends up doing. If it's cool with you, Tanner, let's take a short break. And when we come back, discuss the upcoming weekend in the NFL, as well as some of those NBA all-stars. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, guys, we will be right back. All right, and welcome back. As we said in the first half of the show, let's move on and break down the upcoming games in the NFL, the conference championship. Tanner, four teams remain. We've come this far. Four teams are left, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Niners, and the Rams. Let's start in the AFC. Not exactly what everyone expected coming into the postseason, <laughs> you know, these, these four teams being the only four teams left, right? Uh, but the Bengals are headed to Arrowhead to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. KC is favored by seven points, opening up as a seven-point favorite. Uh, the, the line, the over-under line is set at 54 total points scored. Tanner, who do you like in this game? Who do you think is going to win the AFC? I got the Chiefs to cover. I think they're going to win by about 10. And then I got the over in this game. I, like I think it's going to go two. over 54. I think this is going to be another shootout, just like we saw with the Chiefs and Buffalo. Bills. I don't think the uh, Bengals have quite the offensive potential of the Bills. So I think they're going to fall about 10 short where they fell in overtime. Right. So I think it's going to be fairly similar another quarter. Big quarterback duel. I think the teams are going to go back and forth, but I think the Chiefs win win this game. Yeah, I know I'm right there with you. Reluctantly, you know, I I don't want to say this. Obviously, I've been down on the Chiefs pretty much all season, but I am also going with the Chiefs here. Like I said, I picked Cincinnati in both prior rounds. I've been super impressed with Burrow's consistent play, the level the defense has been playing at, holding the Tennessee Titans to just 16 points, obviously. But after watching the Chiefs beat Buffalo – you know, if the Bills didn't win that game, if, if Josh Allen couldn't win that game, I'm not sure who can beat this team ultimately. You know, in a game like that, when it looked You're like they're not going to beat them on their best day. Exactly. When, when, when it looks like they had them beat 13 seconds left, that is too much time. Obviously, Casey gets the coin flip in overtime in, in that game, right? So after, after watching that, I'm not sure. Uh, how how you know how likely it is that Cincinnati is going to get this, especially because of how bad that offensive line is, how bad yeah, that is line is. 
me and you were talking about that um, before the draft saying, hey, they should go get Panay Sewell or, you know, one of those other top, top linemen instead of. Getting- Obviously, they're. Extremely happy with Jamar Chase. Obviously, we, we were wrong. Yeah, we, we, we were definitely yeah, we were big wrong. wrong. <laughs> we were definitely wrong. Jamar has changed the offense completely, but... He's part of the reason they're in the playoffs. Yeah, he's... He, he's a he, huge reason. X-Factor. He's been the X-Factor yeah. for this team, 100%. And also just Joe's consistent big play. But he's the big play guy. You know, a lot yeah. of those big plays, it's, it's Jamar Chase pulling it off, right? But... Not to say that that concern went away. It didn't. That's definitely still a concern for this Bengals team. Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. Okay, he was sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans. And Kansas City does a pretty good job at rushing the quarterback. You saw Josh Allen. He was running for his life the majority of the game. Luckily, how mobile he is, how good he is on the run. And, and, Joe and Burrow can also move. Joe can as well. Don't get me wrong. He, he still put up about 350 yards despite being sacked nine times. Okay, so don't get me wrong. But I don't think uh, that is – I don't think that it's enough to beat this Kansas City team. I think that that is kind of their Achilles heel, and I think it is going to be a factor here. I don't think Joe is going to have the game uh, he, he, he's been having or the game he had last time they played. Obviously, Joe outplayed Mahomes. Last yeah, time they, they played. They played in week 17. So we just yeah. saw these two teams play. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals won in overtime. 34 to 31, late field goal. Bengals oh, yeah. No, not, not, yeah, not overtime. Yeah, no, but, it, it uh, was end of the fourth quarter. They ended up winning yeah. the game, obviously. Right? But, but, yeah. but that was in Cincinnati. This one's in Kansas City. It's a little different going on the road in the playoffs. It's the. AFC title game. You don't think he's going to have some butterflies in there in comparison to just week 17 at home? This is a completely, a completely different game. And it, it would make it even more impressive if they were able to get the victory here. But again, that O-line is just too bad. And you're not going to beat Kansas City getting sacked nine times and by kicking field goals. You're not beating the Chiefs that way. The only way is in a shootout. But the Chiefs like defense isn't as good as... Tennessee's defense. Tennessee's is better. That's a that's that's a very good point. I just don't think that they can do it here, Tanner. And again, I, I've been you as you you have been as well, a believer in this Bengals team as of recently. I don't think they can get it done here though. This Chiefs team, they played their best game. You know, obviously when they play their best, it's it's. I don't think anybody honestly can beat this team. You're you're gonna have to get Mahomes off his game. You're gonna hope the defense isn't playing, you know, obviously their, their, their best game as well, right? That, that's what it comes down to. But the way that they're playing, the role that the Chiefs are on, I think it's very unlikely. Unless maybe they're looking – I think you brought this up when we were talking off the mic. Unless maybe the Chiefs are just looking past and saying, hey, it's just the Bengals, not going to worry about that. Unless they're just looking, you know, to the Super Bowl and not really taking, the, you know, the opponent serious. I think that is the only way – that they're going to end up getting getting the victory here. I, I just don't think it's that likely, you know? Yeah, I think that really is the only chance if it's kind of a – it's hard to say that it's a trap game in the playoffs, but yeah, kind of like a trap game. I mean, they did just come off this big emotional win, 13 seconds left against the Bills, and you go on to play the Bengals, who no one had in the AFC Championship. And, and then you're looking past, you're saying, are we going to have a Super Bowl rematch – Against the Niners. With the Niners, yeah, or are yeah, we going to have yeah. a Monday Night Football 60-point to 
55 yeah, yeah. point or whatever that game was. That the was super crazy. high scoring Monday night football game. Years back. Rematch. Yeah, crazy. But with upgraded quarterback play Much. for the Rams, are you going to have a rematch of that in the Super Bowl? So they're going to, I think they're looking. I think there is a chance they do kind of look past the Bengals here, and hey, the Bengals give them a scare. To be fair, when they played a few weeks ago, they they held the Chiefs, the Bengals did, to just three points in the second half. Only three points in the second half. Obviously, they ended up winning only by three, a late field goal. Um, but again, the playoffs, the AFC title game, a whole other beast. I am predicting, as are you, obviously, the Chiefs are going to make it to their third consecutive Super Bowl. That's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. Who's the last team to go to three straight Super Bowls? Did the Patriots go to three straight? Did they ever go three straight? That's the only team I can think of is obviously the New New England. That's the only team I can think of. Besides that, I couldn't tell you the last team to go to three straight Super Bowls. I don't don't really know that, obviously, right? But it's going to be tough. Uh, Rightfully so. The Chiefs are favored by seven. I like them right around seven to eight points. Uh, if, if it ended up going down to six and a half, I would I would hit that all day long. I think it is going to be about a seven-point game that they ended up winning the by. The Patriots, down to- 16 to, 2016, 2018. So it, it was the Patriots. Okay. So oh, yeah, because they beat the Falcons, lost to the Eagles. Beat, beat the, the Rams. Rams. Yes. So those those are the three right there. So they're the first team. They would be – I'm not going to say they will. they got to win this game, obviously. They would be the first team to do that since uh, that that dynasty did. And if they, if they end up doing it, I think we have to start bringing this KC team up as, you know, as part of the new dynasty in the end. Let, let them beat the Bengals first. I'm getting ahead. You know, I'm not the biggest Chiefs guy. So if I end up jinxing them, I, I don't, I wouldn't be too upset. Um, I'm pulling for the Bengals. It's just that I think that the Chiefs are going to win uh, ultimately. So that's our prediction there in the AFC. We're both picking the Chiefs to go to the third consecutive Super Bowl. Now for the NFC, for the third time this year, the third time this year, Tanner, we get the Rams and the 49ers. So we have seen this a couple times. Neither team, it, I, in my opinion, I didn't expect either one of these teams to make it this far in the postseason. I was, I, I was hoping my Cowboys were going to knock out the Niners. I was hoping your Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to not, you know, knock out the Rams, obviously, right? But here we are, Rams, Niners. Rams have a chance to play in a home conference game, our conference championship, and a home Super Bowl. That's, that's what's at stake for this Rams team. Not going to be easy, though. They've lost to the Niners at least the last six times that they've played. Uh, and, and opening up, though, the Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and that's who I'm picking. I am picking the Rams here against the 49ers. I think they're due a win. I think they're due a win. Yeah, I, I also think the Rams are going to win. I have the line at three-and-a-half, and then the over-under at 46-and-a-half. I think this also goes over. Yeah, that's a low. Opinion. That's a little low. I thought that as well. Obviously, though, they just held – Green Bay to 10 points. Okay, we, we saw what that defense is capable. They held my Cowboys to 17 points. Yeah, but the Rams, the Rams are just as good as those other two teams on offense right they, now. Yeah. They're playing really well. Now they got a, the running game back. They got all the guys healthy on defense. The, the Rams are the healthiest team, I feel yeah. like, left. 
Yeah, I think so as well. I think uh, uh, 49ers, I think they, as long as, is their tackle playing? Is he, sure is he Williams. still out? Yeah, is he still out or is he playing? I'm not. No, he's playing. Okay, he's playing. And then Debo's going to be playing as well. They're pretty, Nick Bose is going to be playing. They're pretty healthy too. Niners are, you know, pretty healthy squad. Uh, but since they played in week 18, because we know obviously Niners beat them in week 18 and the regular season, the Rams are averaging in, in, in the playoffs 32 points per game. Stafford hasn't turned the ball over, which, as we said, they, they're undefeated when he doesn't throw an interception. So there's a pro there as well. The pass rush continues to get better. The offense is seemingly on a whole other level with the run game, OBJ and Cooper cupping a one-two punch. Hard Von Miller up. has 20 pressures in two games. Yeah, Von Miller has woken up. Okay, he, he has woken up here recently. People were doubting that move. You know, is it going to yeah, be like a me. big deal? Yeah, I, know. I wasn't going to say And then he it. destroyed the Bucks. <laughs> that was you. You're 100% correct. You were, you were saying it wasn't that big a move. And yeah, I remember boom. you wanted to talk about it on the podcast, and I was like, it's not even that big of a signing. Von Miller's washed. And then he just beat the Bucks. And then he ends your season. That yeah. is a fairy tale ending there. That that is absolutely phenomenal. But as I said, offense is on a whole other level. The pass rush, you said it, Von Miller woke up. You know, they're they're playing great football. And and on the other end for the 49ers, they've been in playoff mode for two months, for a month and a half, it feels like at this point. You know, they were in a must-win scenario at the end of the regular season. They had to win, went out. They ended up doing that. They made the playoffs. They beat the Cowboys. They beat uh, the Packers. I'm not sure. As soon as I say, you know, there's not much left in the tank. Who knows what we're going to see, obviously, this weekend. But Debo got a little bit banged up last week, a knee or a uh, helmet to the knee. He was questionable, but it's looking like he's going to play. But it also does come down to this, Tanner. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's average, if not below average play, can continue to equal wins. Right? You wouldn't think so, but that's not what history tells us. He's gotten this far. I know, I know. He's gotten this far twice. Twice, and he made the Super Bowl last time, obviously, right? So it's tough, and... Obviously, they've, they've beaten this team the last many times, six times that they've played. So, you know, history, the stats are on the 49ers' side in this Hard case, to beat right? the same team three times in a year. That's tough, though, right? It is so hard to beat the same team three times. It's not seven Especially times in a row. Especially on the road in the playoffs. Seven times in a row. <laughs> okay, that that, is, that would be quite seven, if not eight times in a row, it would be if they end up winning this game, right? So that's tough. Uh I am going to go with the Rams here, though. What I saw against Tampa, also what we saw against Arizona, just absolutely shutting them out. You know, it was over right away in that Arizona game. I'm not sure if that had more to do with Arizona just crumbling in on itself or the phenomenal play to the Rams, maybe a bit of 50-50. And and then against uh, you guys, obviously a phenomenal first half. They ended the game very well, but they also almost blew a 27-3 lead. Yeah, does that kind of get in their head a little bit that they – Got a comeback started on them, and the they, I mean, they got bailed out by a play for four, 44 yards. They turned the ball over four times. They should have lost. But, but, no momentum. I they definitely had some momentum on their side again after that play. That yeah. got them oh, right yeah. back. The confidence is rolling. They're feeling good. Stafford, like I said, has not turned the ball over in the postseason. I'm predicting, I think you are too, a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl. Yeah, so Chiefs versus Rams. Pretty good. The old, old show-me-state battle. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> yeah, no. Could have been the battle for Missouri if the Rams <laughs> ever left. Could have been, should have been. Uh, but, man, look at that stadium they're playing in. You see the stadium. Come on. We all know that's much better than the Edwards Jones Dome or whatever they were playing here in St. Louis. Okay. So I got to give it to them there. Definitely a step up playing in Los Angeles. You're the thing going there. They're trying to limit the tickets that Niners yeah. fans can buy because last time they didn't played, the, it was basically. Didn't the a Titans game. do that with the Bengals? I don't know. This week? Did they? Pretty sure they did. Yeah. Either way. Rams were trying to do the same thing with the Niners because when they played in week 18, it was practically a home game for, for San Francisco, you know? So trying to give it a little bit of home field advantage of uh, the Rams are there. But yeah, I got the Chiefs and the Rams. So do you. Should be interesting. But who's to say, you know, if, if the Niners do end up pulling up the upset, Chiefs-Niners rematch from just a couple years ago. I yeah. Would... It'd be weird seeing two teams play each other two out of three years. I mean, we thought it was going to be Tampa and the Chiefs coming into this season. Yeah. You know, so. But, I mean, most people didn't have the 49ers making it this far. No one had the Bengals making it this far preseason. So, those are two pretty crazy stories. Yeah, those are nuts. Obviously, the Chiefs and the Rams, all that they have put into their rosters, you know, especially Patrick Mahomes, what he – what he brings to the table. Obviously, it's safe to assume that they would be here uh, this far in the season, right? But yeah, Chiefs-Rams, that's a Super Bowl matchup. We are predicting as far as who's going to win the Super Bowl. You guys are probably going to have to wait at least until next week, maybe the week after that, because there's no games, obviously, next week. So maybe you might have to wait a, wait a couple of weeks uh, to hear our official Super Bowl uh, prediction. Uh, but, Tanner, that's pretty much all that's going on in the NFL at this point in time. Those are the four teams that are left. Let's move on and talk about my favorite league in sports kind of crazy uh you know obviously it's getting overshadowed by all the great play in the nfl rightfully so rightfully so but the nba season we just passed the halfway point in the nba season we are getting closer and closer to all-star weekend in cleveland this year it's going to be on february 20th that's when the weekend starts and the starters for the all-star game are going to be announced this week so this week we're going to find i think thursday on TNT or something, they're going to end up announcing who, who the starters officially are for each conference. So, Tanner, let's go ahead and list who we believe to be the starting five in each conference. Obviously, they're going to be mismatched because they're going to have a captain. Other guys are going to have a captain. Then they're going to pick from the pool of players. But who do we think should be represented in each conference? Right, that's kind of what we're doing at this point in time. Um, let's start in the Eastern Conference. Used to be the Eastern Conference, but how competitive it is now, can't really say that anymore. Uh, number one, we'll, we'll start uh, one through five position-wise. We'll start with the backcourt. Uh, so point guard or, or your first guard, who do you think makes it uh, in the Eastern Conference? Uh, my first backcourt member in the Eastern Conference, I have DeMar DeRozan. I think he's been the best guard in the Eastern Conference this year. I think – he definitely deserves to be a starter. He's led this Bulls team from second being, seed now. The yeah, from seed. being a dumpster fire over the last few years to bottom being, tier team to yeah, being a contender in the East. And he's one of those new pieces that have led that transition. Hey, fun fact! Fun fact: uh, all, all the smart guys at the big networks and stuff, ESPN, they ranked what the best off-season moves were. And guess what was graded the worst move, the very worst move of the off-season 
DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls an F. They, they gave that the worst grade out of any move. And now we can see more than likely that was the best move <laughs> of the offseason. Yeah, at least one of them. Yeah, at least one of them. It deserves to be in consideration for the very best. DeMar, though, people are saying he should be in the MVP conversation. I don't go quite that far at this point in time. But with all the injuries that that team has had, they've been able to sustain their level of play and, and remain a top seed in the Eastern Conference. He's averaging 26 points, five rebounds, five assists. I also have DeMar DeRozan at one of my backcourt spots as well. So we both have DeMar. At my other backcourt, I went with Trey Young. And this isn't the most popular pick because his team is currently out of the top 10 in the Eastern Conference. But I'm looking at his individual play. He's averaging 28 points per game, nine assists, four rebounds. He's been the best point guard. Again, wins are a factor here, but individually, he has had a very good season. Hasn't quite translated to wins, but hey, neither has LeBron's phenomenal season. They're they're right at 500, right? So I'm not gonna you know bang up on him because his team's not playing the best. And with with the way James Harden started the season, the slump that he was in, I didn't forget about that. I'm gonna put Trey Young there as my other backcourt player. My other backcourt player, I do have James Harden. Okay, I think he deserves it. He's averaging 22. Point seven points per game, eight rebounds, ten assists, and he's played in forty-one games. Like he's played almost mm-hmm. all the games on the season. He hasn't rested very much. He has been consistent for the last month, three fourths of the season. You know, yeah. Like he just had the rough start, but it's a it's a long season, and he's playing some of the best basketball. Yeah, I think he deserves to be an all-star again. Um, I'm not putting him over Trey, but as far as individual play. But you're right. You know, he's been playing all season. Kevin Durant has missed games. Kyrie obviously just came back, and they're a top three team in the Eastern Conference, right? So very impressive. Uh, I think he does does deserve a spot. And I think I think he will he might even end up starting because Durant um, more than likely he's gonna sit out the all-star game to to, to rest. Because he's been injured, obviously, yeah. right? So, kind of spoiling our next player, Kevin Durant, leading the league in scoring, twenty-nine points a game, seven rebounds, six assists, fifty-two percent shooting field goal at the high level. You know, the the amount of shots that he's taking, he's still shooting over fifty percent from the floor. That's a hard thing to do. He definitely deserves to be in the All Star starting lineup, despite not going to be playing. Uh, he'll at least be rewarded, you know, with the honor of being an All Star starter. They'll you know, do a, a fill-in player, obviously, but he, he'll be named in the starting lineup for sure. Yeah, I think Kevin Durant should obviously be the starter, but he's not going to start. I think a guy like Jimmy Butler could be a good oh, that's replacement good. for him. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Him being a yeah. starter, it wouldn't be bad. I w- I could see him getting in there. Uh, Kevin Durant's played great though. Uh, so we got I got Trey, you got Harden, and we both have Demar. We both got Kevin Durant. That's three out of the five right there. Uh, fourth, your guy Giannis, right? Yeah, for sure. I think Giannis has a good chance to win the MVP this year. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career. But who couldn't win the MVP? There are so many players in the MVP conversation this season. Joel Embiid is playing phenomenal, putting the Sixers on his back. Uh, uh, you said Antetokounmpo played one, having one of his best seasons yet. Nikola Jokic is playing phenomenal, putting the Nuggets on his back. Steph Curry, despite the last month of shooting slump, 
how great the Warriors have been, right? So there are a lot. LeBron James is playing great basketball. There are so many guys you could you could end up giving this award to. This is one of the closest MVP races I, I can honestly remember as far as the amount of guys that deserve consideration. You know, Giannis definitely deserves his hat there. Yeah, Giannis is my fourth guy as well. Uh, 28 points, 11 rebounds, six assists. I believe that's a career high for Giannis, so six assists. And he's averaging over a steal and over a block, about a block and a half per game, right? So he's playing great, uh, a huge reason, obviously, uh, the, the continued success for the reigning champs. Uh, last, I went with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is my last player. So did I. I think he he's the clear-cut choice there. He's the best center, at least in the Eastern Conference. If, yeah. you, if you want to say in the NBA, I, I, I support that. I've seen Nikola Jokic might have something to say about that. Uh, but Embiid he's 20, the reigning MVP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's the reigning MVP. Um, but Embiid, he's a chance to win it this year. How crazy would it be if back-to-back years, centers won the MVP in a guard-driven league? Okay, that, that would be crazy. Maybe centers are making a comeback. But either way, 28 points, 10 rebounds, four assists for Embiid as well. And he's shooting nearly 40% from three, just under 40 at 39% from the three-point line. A career high for him. That 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 you no, know, he, he's spreading the floor and he's keeping the Sixers above flow. You know, he doesn't have another all-star on this roster yet. They are 27 and 19 or something like that. They, they clearly have a winning record, and that's a large reason of Joel Embiid. He, in, in my opinion, he might be my favorite for MVP at this point in time. At least in, in the last month, he's averaged more points per game than minutes per game. He's averaging 33 points per game and only 31 minutes in the last month. Phenomenal. He's playing great, so he, he definitely makes the cut there. Um, so one through five, I have Trey. Damar, Durant, Giannis, and Embiid, and your only difference is Harden at that one spot. Yeah, yeah, I've Harden for instead of Trey. Trey. So that makes sense. Both guys definitely deserving. Those are our Eastern Conference All Stars, uh, All Star starters. Let's head to the Western Conference. A lot of players deserving spots here as well. Starting off in the backcourt once more. Again, we'll go one through five. My first spot. You know who I'm giving it to. My guy, Steph Curry, 26 points. Same. Yeah, thank you. Six assists, five rebounds. And didn't know if you know this, Tanner, he leads the league in plus minus this year. Better than Jokic. Better than LeBron James. And Jokic usually kind of takes the cake for this number with everything that he does on the floor. And despite Steph's shooting numbers being down, he still is finding a way to contribute to the game, leads the league in plus minus, and leads the league and three-pointers made. Steph Curry, I think he should be picking the team, but LeBron James, hard to beat a popular guy like that. He is now the number one vote-getter, so he will more than likely be picking the team for the Western Conference. Oh, uh, yeah, Steph Curry, number one. Got to go him. What about at that number two spot? I have John Morant. I think John Morant's uh, outburst this year, com- coming out of where he just had a great season – in his yeah. second year, and he had a great rookie campaign. He takes the next step and looks like a a top bonafide, yeah, yeah like, a, like a like a star player in yeah. the NBA. And the Grizzlies have taken a huge step up with his play. I, I don't think there's any way you can keep Ja out. The Grizzlies have the third best record in the NBA. 
the third. And John Morant is their star. John Morant, 25 points, seven assists, six rebounds, all-star starter John Morant. 1,000% he deserves to be there. So our guards are Steph Curry, John Morant. Uh, what's your first forward? What forward are you looking at for that number three? Uh, LeBron James. I think, he, yeah, like you said, he's the leading vote getter. He's probably going to be the captain, probably going to be picking one of these teams. Yeah. Wishes he could probably pick his real team. Again, he did. He did again, pick that team. Again, because <laughs> <A re-pick. laughs> right now, not looking. They, they beat the Nets. They beat yeah, the Nets I saw tonight. That. That's yeah. nice. And, and, and Anthony Davis is back. Uh, he made his return tonight after missing 17 straight games. Anthony Davis came go. back. Sign maybe heading in the right direction, though Brooklyn was missing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It was James Harden and Patty Mills out there. Okay, so you don't want to say it was that, that great of a win. Uh, but heading in the right direction, a nice win for the Lakers. LeBron, he's averaging the fourth most points in his in his career so far this season. 29 points per game. He's second to Kevin Durant right now. He's on. He's on another level offensively. Yeah, like, yeah. If their record gets better, he could very well win yes. the MVP. All they need is to, you know, go up there uh, a top four seed. If they're a top four seed in the in the Western Conference, top five, and LeBron continues to play this way, if not steps up the level as he's continued to get better as the season's gone along. Uh, so if, if he continues to do that again, he obviously deserves his name. In the MVP conversation, he is having a career, nearly a career uh, offensive season. Looking at, you know, also looking at how he played last year, I didn't honestly think, I didn't think it was possible for him to reach this level again in his 19th season. So I've just been, I've been super impressed, super impressed. I just wish the team was playing at the level, but again, Pick your poison. He did pick this roster. We we know how hands-on a guy in LeBron James is on his rosters. He, he clearly picked a guy in Russell Westbrook over a guy in DeMar DeRozan. We're seeing how that's kind of working out. They let a guy in Alex Caruso walk. We see how big a factor he's been for Chicago as well. Broken wrist. Your man, your guy, Grayson Allen, Tanner's never guy. been my guy. <laughs> never guy, been Grayson. my guy. Tanner's he's bugged. never been my guy. He's, he's actually he's having a career high, a career high in points, three I know. minutes. So he's having a career year, yeah. but still the dirtiest player in the NBA, probably, or one of the dirtiest players in the NBA. He only got a one game suspension. But so did Jokic whenever he went and just shoved Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris in the back, right? So Eh, I guess NBA are you know a little softer uh, on those suspensions, perhaps. But yeah, I did not love that push or that dirty play by Alan Caruso. Those had a career or before he got hurt because he's missed some serious time this season. He was leading the league in steals and two per game off the bench. Okay, so we we, we see how great he's been uh, for that Chicago team and an instant burst of energy when he's in the lineup. But either way, LeBron gun, at least going to be picking. This all-star lineup hopefully does a better job than what he did with the Los Angeles Laker group that he has right now. Uh, so those are three. We both got Steph. We both have John. We both have LeBron. Uh, number four, reigning MVP? Yeah. Yep. Nikola Jokic. Number okay. Four. Yeah, I got it. He's leading the league in PER again. He's uh, probably so- the MVP of the season ended right now. 
it's just he, the the team isn't you know they don't have the record that that other guys have obviously right but yeah he has put that team on his back no Michael Porter Jr. no Jamal Murray obviously and they're still a top five seed in the Western Conference he's averaging 26 14 and seven okay guy literally does everything well everything he literally well. he's leading the Nuggets in all five stats. Okay, yeah, he might, you know, there's so many guys I want to give the MVP to this year. We're going to have to do co-MVP or something like that. Uh, but Jokic definitely deserves to be there. Like I said, 26-14-7, leads the league in PER. Jokic is the fourth all-star starter for sure. Uh, lastly, you going with the Frenchman? The guy I am. All I'm right, go yeah, yeah, go with old Gobert. He's, he's averaging career numbers this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. 16 points, career high. 15 rebounds, career high. Leads the league. Two and a half blocks per game. Uh, just second to Miles Turner. Despite me thinking he's not the defensive player of the year, obviously I give that to a guy in either Antetokounmpo or Draymond Green. I think those guys are much better overall defenders. Because uh, he, you simply, I, I saw them play uh, the Lakers just just here recently. The, the 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 Jazz and the Lakers played, and Rudy Gobert wasn't on the court to end the game. Right? Yeah, so I mean how- he, I mean he is a liability because he's seven foot one or whatever he is, and doesn't have the range to come guard on the perimeter. But what he does as a perimeter, I mean as a uh, post defender, he's the best at. He's the best in basketball on the post, you know, down low in the paint, 100%. And it's tough when you're looking at all the other centers in in the Western Conference. Maybe you bring up a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, who's having a pretty good season this year. The Wolves are playing better than expected. But a guy in Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, averaging career high numbers. You kind of, even though I don't want to, you got to give it to Gobert here. I feel like you could also think about for the backcourt, putting Chris Paul in. You could, but there is no way yeah, I'm putting him over Ja or yeah, Steph at this point. Both guys have better records, and I think both are like better records, or sorry, better numbers, not better records, better numbers. And I just think both guys, maybe not Ja. I, don't know, I think both guys are better. So yeah, I think both too. guys are better than Chris Paul ultimately when it comes down to it. Not to diminish what Chris does for his team. Him and him and Devin Booker are one of the very best backcourts and duos in the entire NBA. We, we just saw them win the Western Conference and take your bucks to six games in the NBA Finals. We know what they can do. Just not quite at the level of a Steph Curry or of a John Moran ultimate, but he definitely deserves it. I think Devin Booker conser- deserves consideration. Uh, Luka Doncic deserves consideration, right? There's a lot of guys who you could think about for those guard spots for sure. As far as the forwards go, LeBron, Jokic, and Gobert are almost seemingly the only the only yeah. big options. I think I think my guy in Andrew Wiggins deserves a spot on the All Star team. I think he is one of the very best two way players in, in in the entire NBA, and I and I do think he's gonna be, gonna be rewarded with a spot when it comes down to it. We'll see if Draymond Green does. He's obviously injured, so won't be able to play an All Star weekend. Uh, but as far as the starting five goes, Steph, Morant. LeBron, Jokic, and Gobert—that's quite a starting five. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got the two small guys, you know, and, and Steph and, and Job, then just the the beast of men in Gobert, LeBron, and Jokic. And Jokic, a guy who can do a little bit of everything. Gobert, guy down low. LeBron does everything, obviously, right? So if it was just these two starting lineups, I lean 
with the, with, with the Western Conference, especially because Kevin Durant won't be playing. But again, uh, they're going to be mixing and matching, picking teams and stuff. But Tanner, whenever the full uh, whenever the full lineups come out, the full All Star uh, reserves and everything, me and you, you and I definitely need to uh, need to pick our own teams. I think we'll be doing that whenever the official complete roster comes out. You know, sounds good. I'll see how Team Casey does against Team Ten. I know Tanner. I know who he's picking number one overall, LeBron James. Either way, though, either way, a lot going on in basketball. Like I said, Anthony Davis returned to the Lakers after missing 17 games. He he only played about 26 minutes. Was in foul trouble for most of the game. Only ended up having eight points. LeBron James carried, you know, carried the team most of the way. Malik Monk had a really nice game off the bench as well. Uh, Warriors and the Nets. Face off this weekend in San Francisco, and Kyrie Irving should be able to play. So we should be seeing Kyrie and James Harden face off against Steph, you know, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, and company, right? So that is kind of the game to watch as far as the NBA this week. And Tanner, are both games for the NFL as one Saturday and one Sunday? Or are they both? No, they're on, both on Sunday. Both on Sundays. So we have like a three o'clock and and a late game. I'm guessing is kind of what they're going to end up be doing more than likely. It's three o'clock and six thirty. So okay, yeah. two o'clock and five thirty for you. Okay, okay. So that's not bad. That's not bad. So Sunday NFL, uh, Saturday. Make sure you go watch that Warriors and Nets game. Tanner, though, at least we sit, you know, in the same boat. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my Dallas Cowboys. Not, not to say I wish, you know, not to wish, you know, bad things, obviously, for your team, but. I'm kind of happy you're sitting here with me at, at this point. It feels good to have some company. Uh, I, had, I had a good run with the the Tampa Bay and Milwaukee winning the same year. Yeah, uh, you're fine. Okay, you are. Yeah, cool. I'll you survive. Had, you had a championship year last year, obviously. Right? Let's you know share the sugar. Uh, let let someone else get some success going. Perhaps we'll see how my Warriors end up doing. Since obviously. Dallas, Dallas won and done. Uh, but that's it for this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I want to urge everyone to go follow us on Twitter, Dudes Talking underscore Pond on Instagram, Dudes underscore Talking underscore Pond. Thank you all for everyone who has gone out and read all my articles. I posted two within the last month. Both have had a, you know a, a great amount of people to go check them out. Uh, I know the analytics there have been uh, very, very promising. So again, thank you to everyone who has gone out there and made the effort to go check those articles out. I appreciate it very much. Uh, make sure on whatever platform you are listening on, leave a comment, leave a rating. Uh, whatever uh, is available on that platform, we would greatly appreciate any feedback coming back from you guys. You guys are obviously why we continue to do what we do here at dudes talking sports, but Tanner, that's it for this week's episode. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thank you all for your continued support. We will see you next week. Go enjoy uh, the great games coming ahead for you. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File.
said you were upset, I think, before the season ending. Let's open it with you. What, what are your first thoughts? What are your thoughts now? We've got about a day now to think about it. It's not an interesting move. I don't know if their title changes in any way. I don't know if it makes the team any better. For sure, uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, dude, talking underscore pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're, like, wherever you're uh, listening. Go show us some love. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for listening. We can get out. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.